0: welcome back to the nationally syndicated price of business show I'm your host Kevin Price talking about you and your business and I love this new series we're doing with uh, former congressman Rick Teller uh, really appreciate his approach his take on uh, what's on public life on uh, the culture and nature of the governing today and really and how people Hope and build and interact with one another. It's an interesting concept. One of my biggest concerns, one of my biggest issues, I talk a lot about a road to normalcy for this country, uh, has to do with with civility and people learning to work with one another. And uh, there was a time in American politics where uh, people could be in different parties, but they could actually have lunch with one another, and they could go play golf with one another. Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill did that uh, more than once. Um, and that now you're part of the enemy if you interact with your political opponents, and that kind of culture has created a really dangerous place. Today, though, you know, we've talked about that type of thing, and I'm, I'm sure we'll revisit it again. But today, uh, the congressman and I are going to focus on these kind of principles as it works in a world of business. But uh, Rick, before we get into that, a little bit about, uh, about yourself today, your book, which is phenomenal, one of the reasons why we asked you to be a recurring guest on the show, and your website real quick to get more information.
1: Sure. My book is called uh, Chase the Bears, Little Things to Achieve Big Dreams, and my website is rickkeller.net, or you can reach it rickkeller.com. I don't have a K in uh, Rick, so uh, that's the spelling they get you there
0: yeah there you go. Check that out and, uh, and you know and it 's a very different political environment than the one you left in two thousand and nine, although you probably could begin to see what the, the direction it was going uh, no No doubt about that. Just talk though about this is these principles as it applies to the world of business and before this segment began, you said you know three themes that tie into this that we're going to focus on today. Why don't we start with those three, and then we'll go into a little more depth as time permits.
1: I think that's a great idea. You know, there, in my view, there are three rules of civility in, in uncivilized circumstances, whether it's business, politics, or life. And the first one is listening with an open mind. And rather than listening, waiting for the flaw or waiting where you can exploit a um, a weakness, just truly listen with, with curiosity as as if you 're wrong. Just tell me more tell me how 'd you come to that view what what 's that like? Truly listen to what what the other person has to say and I think it's it 's one of the greatest shows of um, of respect and i 'll and I'll just give you a, an example. Back in September 2017, there was this Trump rally, the mother of all rallies, and it was right after the Charlottesville violence. And this Trump organizer is up on stage. His name is Tommy Hodges, and he sees these uh, Black Lives Matter activists show up. And the head guy named um, Hawk Newsom said, we we came to fight. And he sees these guys, and he calls the head guy on stage, Hawk, and he says, you know what, I'm going to do something unconventional here. I'm going to give you two minutes of my time. And you just say what's on your mind. We we don't need violence or anything, we, but we're just going to sit here and respectfully listen. And that guy rose to the occasion, and he gave a very thoughtful, um, welcoming uh, talk about what they had in common. And he concluded by said, you know, you want to make America great? Let, let's do it together. And it... He was embraced by everybody. And you don't have to agree with what the Black Lives Activist said. He said in this particular case some non controversial stuff. But just the fact that you're you're letting people feel seen and, and compassionate and fair, I think carries carries a lot of weight, you know, and, and there's no, no danger really just to listening to what the other person has to say. Um, One other example, when I was elected to Congress, they sent us us to Harvard for an orientation. Well, a lot of Republicans didn't come because they said, well, Harvard's left-leaning, and a lot of Democrats didn't come because they said, you don't have labor organizers here. You have CEOs. Well, my view is, you know, would would it kill a Republican to hear what a left-leaning Harvard professor has to say about helping poor kids go to college? Uh, Would would it kill a Democrat to listen to what a a right-leaning CEO has to say about how to really – create jobs in the private sector, I, I think it benefits both people. And and so rule number one, I think, is is listening with an open mind. And I'm, mm-hmm. I guess you have some thoughts about that too, Kevin. In, yeah, what well, i like to do
0: is go ahead and make sure we cover all three, and yeah. then we'll go back with time to, to kind of go with yeah. some depth. I, yeah. I, I really appreciate your example about Black Lives Matter. One of my big concerns is that everyone talks in order to uh, be right rather than be persuasive. <laughs> if you want to right. be persuasive, you don't take the position that I've got to cram this perspective down your throat. The Black Lives Matter uh, situation uh, really looks like they look for consensus. But I want to go in more in depth to that. Yeah. Go ahead real quickly and, and tell us the other two, uh, because I want to make sure we cover sure. all three, and then we'll go into more depth on that.
1: Sure, number two uh, act respectfully despite differences uh you don 't have to agree with everything or or anything you know the problem isn 't that we agree uh too little. The problem is is that we don't we need to agree better you know and so in terms of acting respectfully, no eye rolling or insult or, or questioning another person 's motive just just be respectful and I, you know a good example there is um in october two thousand and eight um, during the heat of the McCain Obama uh, election, there there was a town hall meeting in Minnesota for McCain, and and one of the people got up and they said, you know, I'm scared of this Obama guy. He's uh, he's an Arab, he's a Muslim, he's a terrorist. He wasn't born here. You know, he's going to ruin this country. And and McCain took away the microphone. And he said, ma'am he 's a citizen he's a good family man there's nothing for you to be scared of now we disagree on almost every policy, but there's no reason for you to be scared of him he, He's a good man well, when McCain died ten years later at at his funeral and 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 through eulogies across the country that of, of all the great things he achieved, and there's so many that was the one instance that everybody talked about. It was being civil and acting respectful even when it wasn't convenient and and he got booed you know by the people in the in attending the, the town hall rally but that that's a good example of acting respectful despite differences, despite the fact that it's not convenient, despite the fact that people may not want to hear it acting respectful despite differences is a big deal and then uh, yes. the third Yeah, and then the third rule is to respond to hostility or negativity by staying calm. And by that I mean don't have some instant emotional reaction. Just pause and give your response in a a calm, uh, warm-hearted way. And don't take anything personal. And that's a really big deal because it breaks the cycle back and forth of of this negativity. And when you do that, in my experience, about 80% of the time, the other person is going to respond favorably, just like the Black Lives uh, Matter activist did in the earlier example. And about 20% of the time, they're going to continue to be an a-hole and, and, and maybe even ramp it up. But the great thing about that 20% of the time is that is a wonderful opportunity to lead by example. When, when you're yeah. kind and calm, even when it's not convenient, even when you don't feel like it, even when they don't deserve it, it's going to make you look so good and be such a model for the other people watching. And even if it's horrible then, you get a hell of a funny story out of it, you know. And so the the third (laughs) principle about responding to hostility with calmness, I think, is is a big one and and maybe the biggest.
0: Yeah, you know, and when I heard you talk about uh, John McCain, but, but, you know, I I think I told you, I'm kind of a recovering hard right winger myself. Um, Donald Trump, I think, has been terrible for this country. But frankly, he forced me to look in the mirror uh, at some, you know, where some of my views would logically lead to. Uh, what's going on with this uh, polarized political environment, this hostility, really, a, I think, a very authoritarian Republican Party. When I look back at some of those views I had, Trump really made me do some some introspection. It's like, I don't like this. I don't like where we're going. And, uh, you know, frankly, he, he brought out the, uh, I guess you could say, he brought out the reasonable person in me, like like no one on the left could ever do. And, uh, you know, when I, I think about the, the poll that uh, Georgetown University does annually, uh, where, no, George Washington University, sorry, does annually, where anywhere from 65 to 75% of Americans believe we're on a, brink of a civil war, um, and of course, there's a lot of hyperbole, hyperbole there, but that sense is there in a way I never saw as a young, a young man involved in politics uh, back starting in the 80s. Uh, it is, is so uh, ubiquitous now and so common, and that's really this idea, this fundamental motto of the United States, E Pluribus Unum, among many one, that has completely been discarded. And if John McCain saw the value of that. John McCain was one of these guys I would typically have called a, a squish, you know, back in the day. You know that terminology. They love to sure. use that up there on Capitol Hill. And yeah. uh, honestly, he was a statesman. He was a true statesman. And uh, uh, did I agree with him on all policy issues? No, I don't agree with anyone on all policy issues. And uh, that's the thing that's frankly most terrifying uh, 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 with Bernie on the left and Trumpkins on the right is the cult-like uh, compliance to, to the world views that I, I just frankly find highly disturbing. And so I love that example. It's a phenomenal example, you know. And uh, I, and I think you know you're absolutely right about about the calm. In the end, the calm person is the strong one that 's how that 's how it 's perceived. Oh, he navigated that he didn 't respond with anger he didn 't have to because he was very confident in his view, and uh, he allowed the other person to have all the anger he or she wanted. What an incredibly smart Frankly, that's what the Stoics, uh, the Stoic philosophers would uh, argue as well. Uh, just remain calm. Let, let the other people, you know, embarrass them themselves with their uh, reactions. So all of these are really very, very uh, excellent, not only for politics, not even just for business, but for life in general.
1: Dealing with your wife, you know yeah yeah i I think we have it if, if someone says, you know Rick, uh, you didn't take out the trash today, I think the gut reaction is, well, let me tell you the eighteen things you didn't do, sister, you know, and I think you just rain remain calm and like, you know what babe I, I i didn't take out the trash i'm i'll I'll get it done, you know and I'll, and and it just it just changes the whole dynamic, and you mentioned I think in your intro about how Reagan and Tip O'Neill got along and one of the things surprised me i was invited to a, a oval office signing ceremony one time when george w was in office and the other guy there was ted kennedy and i'm like god here are these polar opposites what's it's going to be like you know and i'm sitting in this office with them with these two leaders of this political dynasties and i'm just a poor kid raised by a single mom And what happened shocked me is that they were very lighthearted and joking with each other, you know. And President Bush, for example, said, Rick, see this desk? This is the same desk, you know, that Ted's brother JFK used. And this is the same spot right under here where little John Jr. crawled under. And we had that iconic photograph. So now, Rick, we're going to reenact that scene by having Ted Kennedy crawl under the desk and we're going to take a picture (laughs) of it. And they they laughed and and got along well and I'm like wow this is this is really what leadership looks like up close you know two people who couldn't disagree more on ninety percent of the issues but we're still civil and respectful to each other
0: yeah I love that and interestingly a uh, great interview uh, the Nixon interviews uh, that he did post presidency are some of the most fascinating things I've ever seen. And he asked. He was asked about the Kennedy brothers, and and he talked about each of them. Uh, JFK, highly intelligent, uh, very interesting, and the questions he asked and what he was interested about. Uh, You know, RFK, uh, certainly uh, one of the most passionate people we ever met about politics. Um, And then Ted Kennedy, very interesting, by far the most politically savvy of all of all the Kennedy brothers, by far the most politically savvy. Uh, He knew how to read people, he knew how to read, you know, rooms, and he knew how to make things happen by being willing to work with others. And that was back in the 1970s. Frankly, he didn't really become famous uh, for that until his partnership with Warren Hatch in the Senate, where he really developed that uh, reputation. And uh, I think that really you know summarizes it, I, and I think there's a fundamental problem you know we 're going back to you know to a fundamental problem when uh, when Jim Jordan from Ohio was being nominated for Speaker of the House, and Kevin McCarthy got on the floor McCarthy got on the floor and talked about how great of a legislator he is i mean jim jordan hadn 't got a single bill passed with his name on it in 16 years in Congress. I mean, being a legislator means you get legislation done. And uh, fundamentally, uh, you cannot do that without human relationship.
1: Well, I I agree 100%. I'll give you a good example. When I was there, if you agreed on 7 out of 10 things, you're still my buddy. You're You're still my friend. It's not like you're the enemy. And now if you agree on 99 out of 100 things, but that one thing's different, now all of a sudden there's this culture of contempt and you're evil and let me besmirch you and and just to give you a practical example why that's such a stupid approach is like one of my big passions even though I was a conservative republican was was helping poor kids go to college by increasing Pell grants right and so if if a liberal democrat voted against my bill to cut capital gains taxes or something which pissed me off I, I wouldn't say one mean thing to him. I wouldn't be disrespectful at all, and the reason is because the next week that guy is going to be my number one advocate when it comes to um, passing Pell Grant increases. You know, there are no permanent enemies there, and so just being civil with one another is is so important. Not not only because it's the right thing to do, but it's the important thing to do to to be successful in business, to be successful in politics.
0: Yeah, no question about it. And again, all of these translate into all, all every type. A human relationship, every type of human interaction, interaction, and yet yeah, so hard to come by. And um, you know, you want people to remember, re, you know, be remembered for their uh, kindness, compassion, empathy uh, for others. Um, you know, and I look at some of the people who are at the center of the political conversation today. I think it will be very unlikely that'll be part of their obituary.
1: Yeah, I I agree. And and at the end of the day, whether you're Republican, Democrat, independent, Muslim, Jewish, Christian, the things that we all share when you get to the values are, are principles of compassion and fairness. And, it, and if you get to someone's view, and where'd you come by that, and tell me how you got there, you'll find at the end of the day is you may have a different solution and a different idea, but at the end of the day, we all have that. Fundamental agreement that we we want people to be compassionate and we want people to be fair and just by giving people a chance to be heard and and giving them a chance to be seen, you're taking down the temperature so much that you're 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 doing what's right in terms of creating a climate where you you can have success,
0: yeah, absolutely, I think you're absolutely right, and I think it's really important for us to recognize that everyone has a story based on their uh you know family of origin, their income bracket their ethnicity, even their religion, and, uh, you know, wh- wh- whatever differs with us, it isn't personal. It's just that they have a different story than I that I have. We have to respect one another's story. We have to respect one another's differences. And it's that lack of respect and this, this conviction that I'm the only one that knows what's right, that has created such an impossible place to live, it feels like. And so, uh, you know, I know what you do has got to seem exhausting, Um, and, you know, uh, in light of the current culture, but it's certainly one of the most beautiful things in our culture today, which is why we asked you to uh, be a recurring uh, guest on the show, and we're delighted to have you in that role, uh, because it's so crucial. Uh, We're getting down to where we have to begin to wrap it up. I'd love to get your thoughts.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I can tell you a a final example. Uh, My passion is public speaking. I'm a professional public speaker. I love speaking at trade show conferences and educational institutions. You can reach me at rickkeller.net. But despite giving a thousand speeches and being a U.S. congressman and a trial lawyer for 30 years and a public speaking major and went to college on a public speaking scholarship, I don't think that I know everything. You know, I, I got assigned a TED talk and to give a talk about humor, and they gave me a mentor to teach me how to give a public speech of a 19-year-old girl named Evelyn. And as I drove down to meet her, I said to myself in the car a hundred times, keep an open mind, keep an open mind, keep an open mind. I wanted there to be positive vibes, you know? And so Evelyn, over the course of the next six weeks, gave me nine different suggestions, nine improvements for my public speaking, and I did all nine of those. And it was the best speech I'd, I'd ever given and if I went down there with the attitude of I know everything and I've done so much more experience, what do you have to tell me? I wouldn't have given a good speech, but just the fact that I was open to listen to what she had to say, I didn't have to accept any of the nine. I had turned to accept all nine. It it made me a hell of a lot better person and a, and a better speaker, and I hope I hope people will do that in their everyday lives in terms of whether it's their wife, their political opponent, or their business partner.
0: Yes. You know, I, I think, you know, in my experience, uh, again, and i got to give – Trump a lot of credit. He, he really challenged my highly negative, highly charged, highly polarized. Admittedly, nothing in the realm he's in, but, but nonetheless, when I look back, it certainly was similar in many respects. Is that uh, you know I've learned to believe that the more I know, the more I know I don't know. Meaning, that, yeah. yeah, meaning that there's just so much out there. And there's so many shades. And there's so much nuance. And they're not my mortal enemy. They just have a different take on life. And it's sad that, you know, we have to dig our heels in in the current culture. Uh, And choosing not to is really hard work, but it's worth it. So I love this series. I love you being a part of of it. Rick, uh, uh, give that website one more time as we wrap it up.
1: Uh, Rickkeller.com or Rickkeller.net. Love to hear from you, especially if you need a speaker. And drop the K.
0: That's right. the A.
1: K. Couldn't afford it. Hard times with my birth certificate. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Happy happy New Year and thanks so much for being with us.
1: You too. Thanks for having me, Kevin.
0: I'm Kevin Price. This is the Nationally Syndicated Price of Business Show. Stay tuned for more after this.